Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast, where we share personal experiences so we can learn from each other. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 16 years and am the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about what's done in the darkness eventually comes to light. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. I didn't hesitate to say yes, because I've learned a lot from sharing personal experiences with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations, and we hope you do too. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation titled, What's Your American Dream? Then we'll share a slice of life, and the show will close with questions for reflection, where we'll invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life. All right, Beth, so I looked up the Webster's Dictionary definition of American dream. Cause I was curious, I think there's like a stereotype in our head, but then I was like, what is that definition? And this is the definition I found online. So maybe true, maybe not, but I looked at a couple sources. So the definition is a happy way of living that is thought of by many Americans as something that can be achieved by anyone in the U S especially by working hard, becoming successful with a good job, a nice house, two children <laughs> and plenty of money. And if you have this, then you believe that you have the American dream. Okay. So the American dream is to uh, work hard, have a nice house, two children, plenty of money. I also think people say a lot, work hard, play hard. Oh yeah. So I, I think that's that. another definition of, or something else you could add, which play hard is like, I don't know. What do you think when you think play hard? I think play hard just means you get to do whatever you want to do. So it means you could travel, you could party, you could. You I know. was thinking party. I was thinking yeah. like drinking a lot. That yeah. was my like head. But also I think play hard could also refer to like spend your money. Yes. On all the things. Right. Like I think that's a big part in my mind of what the American dream is, is spending it's consumerism, spending money. And the first time I remember actually really thinking digesting the American dream actually was years ago. There was a documentary about uh, a guy that made a tiny house. And basically mm. it's, it was this kind of minimal movement, um, minimalist movement that um, was going on, especially for my generation. And it was basically about this guy that like sold all his possessions and lived in a small house. And it actually wasn't legal for him to live in that house. I think it was under 400 square feet and he was in maybe California and it wasn't legal to have a dwelling that small because in, in, in most places it's not, it wasn't legal. And that was because, uh, well, probably some racist reasons in our, in our rule books from, from a while ago. But, um, a big part of that was the idea of the American dream was to have a big house. Mm -hmm. So why would we want people living in these small houses when we have these, we want people to have these big houses. Um, so that was like a movement probably 10 plus years ago. And I mean, you've heard of tiny house, right? Oh yeah. No, yeah. I used to watch, there were a couple of different yeah. like tiny house shows it's on a whole, different channels that I Yeah, watch. I mean, yeah. it's a whole concept, like a lifestyle of like having less stuff and, you know, having more financial freedom by having just a small, simple house. And it's the opposite of what I would think, what, what came before that was like the McMansions, the huge mm. houses, you know, expensive cars, like all the things where you are working to pay for all these things, but then you have no time to really enjoy them because you're constantly working to try to, you know, pay for just this lavish lifestyle. Yeah, I, can't, I, I think that the tiny house movement, I mean, I'm sure that it still exists and is a thing. Oh, yeah. But on the TV shows, the way that I knew that they were kind of, that they had peaked, 
the when the people on the tiny house shows were not buying their primary home. Yeah. They were buying something they could put on land as their vacation home. So yeah. it's like they weren't really looking to live a minimalist lifestyle. They were looking to have um, a smaller footprint in their second home, you know. So it's it's like, okay, well, that's not really what minimalism is about. Well, I think the concept is sound and things go through stages. I would agree. I think we're that that height is gone. Um, like I personally was wanting to do this. I mm. literally was wanting to build a tiny house and travel around and before I bought my house, that was what I wanted to do. Uh, I'm really glad I didn't because I realize I like to be in my home a lot. And so that's not really the greatest concept when you have a tiny house because right. the idea is you sleep in it and then you go out in the world. Well, I don't want to go in the world. I want to be in my house. <laughs> so for me, a more decent sized house makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be great one day to have a tiny house as like an office or as a guest room. But I agree. Like if I was to do a tiny house, it would be a secondary. Yeah. What I remember hearing when I would hear people talk about tiny houses is like they had been living to work mm -hmm. and they didn't want to do it that way. They wanted to work to live so that they wanted to to not put in, you know, 60, 50, even 40 hours mm -hmm. a week just so that they could pay off a mortgage, you know, and be mm -hmm. kind of underwater all the time with debt. And instead they wanted to shift their financial priorities and their financial obligations so that they could have more freedom. Yeah. And I think the concepts from that still are resonating within specifically my generation. Cause I, I know my friends live way within their means. You know, we don't have, you know, all of us, we don't have large houses. We have houses that make sense for our, us and our families and we aren't, you know, swimming in debt. I'm not saying that there aren't people swimming in debt. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's just that, that also seems like the American way. Yeah, <laughs> Sadly, I but I do think our economy requires people to be in debt. I mean, it seems sadly. To be yes. That definition though. Do you think that is accurate? The American dream of like the stereotype of what the American dream is? Well, I think the first piece of it, you know, the idea that anyone can achieve something mm -hmm. if they work hard. I do think that is, that is part of the American dream. I don't think it's necessarily the American reality and we're probably yeah. going to talk about that, but I do think that it is part of the American dream and part of what we say about ourselves and believe about ourselves, that this is a land of opportunity, a place of opportunity. And so things can happen here mm -hmm. that they might not be able to in other countries. Right. Right. Yeah. I would agree. And you know, based on that definition, you have the American dream. How does it feel? I, I would also like to have a trophy and a ribbon and a gold star if I could. Very American, because, very American. Because <laughs> we do have, my husband and I are successful. Mm -hmm. We have good jobs. We have a nice house. We have exactly, plenty exactly of Exactly two children. Oh. <laughs> exactly two children. Uh, and there are no pets included in this definition. So I feel pretty good about that too. Because <laughs> you don't have any. Yeah. Because we don't have any pets. <laughs> well, sadly, I don't fit the American dream. Oh, the one wah, thing wah. that I don't fit is the two children. Uh, and I will not fit that. I'm very, I, I don't apologize actually for that. Right. Um, I do have two dogs. So if we, if there is an asterisk on there, then I have the American dream. Yeah. The stereotype. Yes. I mean, it is, a, it is definitely, you know, a stereotype. So this episode is actually coming out. And if you're listening to this in any other day, than it comes out. I'll let you know. Today's episode is actually out on Black Friday 2022, yeah. um, which is the day after Thanksgiving. So this is an interesting this is an interesting time because I think it's kind of evolved over time. Um, but this is typically the day, the day after Thanksgiving is when stores have deals on everything and people get a little crazy yeah. and they go and do all the deals, yeah. which to me is like when you think of America. 
and you think of like the American dream. I feel like Black Friday is such a like, yep, that's what I, if you see the right. things on TV, you're like, yep, right. that's what I think of America. They're, they're mm. getting their deals. They're spending all their money. You know, the more I spend, the more I save, right. <laughs> the more I buy. Yeah. I and people like lining up very early yeah. and, you know, there being this limited quantity of things, yeah. you have to be the one to get there and people fighting over it. And so uh, are you a Black Friday shopper? Is that a big deal for you? I am not the get up super early and go wait in line person, yeah. but it is a fun activity to do. I like to shop. And so I do often like, you know, go with my mom, my mother-in-law, um, usually my sister-in-law. She's not going to be with us this year. She's got other plans, but uh, we do like to, you know, all get together, load in the car and go hit some stores. So more like it, an event or an activity than yeah. a so many deals. Like right. you're not really going because of the deals necessarily. No. It's just like something that you guys like doing. Even if there were no deals, we yeah. would probably still, still go that day yeah. because, you know, yeah. it's something to do. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, growing up, we never went like really big into it we would sometimes go and get a couple things but never those like doorbusters because that's just and the deals i don't the deals are not like the craziest deals also right. and with technology and with that things online like you can always find those deals almost all the time like yeah. in different places so you know i don't it's not just like one and done kind of thing but i feel like black friday has shifted like do you feel that or is that is that just me it's shifted in my world. <laughs> well, I think that it has shifted for the for what you for the reason you just pointed out, which is online shopping. Yeah. I think that has changed dramatically. Yeah. And also, you know how it's like um Halloween starts like right after Fourth mm. of July and then Christmas starts like basically in September. Well now Black Friday deals have been going on since November first. So <laughs> like okay, yeah. this is not Black Friday and, and I don't know Cyber Monday. When are the Cyber Monday I, deals, I don't, right? Like I don't it know. just uh, I think they're just using the term as like to get you to realize, ooh, deals. Like sale. I think it's more Yeah, so I think all of that is why like the actual day is not, I don't think that big of a concept anymore. Um, and something that I really like is REI, which is one of my favorite stores. And we have a new one here in Tallahassee that I'm so excited about, but they, since 2015 have actually been promoting, um, opt outside, I think is the hashtag mm. where they close on black Friday and they, encourage everyone to go and be outside which i just, just think is the coolest thing i'm like i'm all for it so um, my goal is to go kayaking on black friday well, that's your goal every day <laughs> yeah well that's my life goal exactly but i think it'd be fun to hashtag it for rei <laughs> so um yeah i don't think there's anything wrong with shopping i'm not like against shopping right, but right. i'm against crowds and yeah. busyness so so will you be going um, out on Black Friday this year? I don't know. I don't know what mm. I, I. Well, have I you changed? I don't know if I'm out shopping this year. I don't know. Oh. As this is being released, I don't know what's happening in my life. <laughs> Do um, you feel like you will? Well, it COVID really shifted it, right? Oh, and so okay. we yeah. haven't gone. I mean, for sure we didn't go in, in 2020. Yeah. Because uh, before there were vaccines. And then it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it was okay not to do it. Like. The day was still fun. We found other things yeah. to do. Um, one thing that I think where Black Friday had gotten especially, well, I just think it was bad. Yeah. I don't like to put value judgments on things, but it was <laughs> bad, was that a lot of stores were opening on mm. Thanksgiving yeah. night. Yeah. And Black Friday was starting on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I that really bothered me. Mm -hmm. I think that COVID fixed a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I don't think stores are doing that this year. 
Um, and I love, you know, I love what you're saying about REI that instead of like going and shopping and spending, go and be outside, yeah. right? Get in the fresh air, do something that's Which is healthy. so smart for them. Yeah, no, that's, it's totally that's on brand for them. Yeah, it's super on brand, but hey, still hats off to you right? for, for coming up with the hashtag. Yeah. Even better if they pay their employees for the holiday day. I think they do. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think, that's it, really good. I think that says it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what, what Black Friday will hold for me this year. I hope that it, uh, Include some leftovers. Yeah. Because again, American dream and consumerism, there's also this, uh, this element of like gluttony in yeah. it. And Thanksgiving day is definitely a day where we overdo. In fact, the, the prayer that I, that I wrote and kind of like shared with my church for, and it encouraged them to read on Thanksgiving day was like, God, as we are filling our plates, overfilling our plates, already thinking about our leftovers, right? Make sure we help us to not forget about people who don't have all of this. Um, because I, I do think I, I will just say that for myself that I tend to lose sight of that, um, on holidays that are so much about family togetherness and food, you know, it's, it's easy to forget that not everybody has that abundance of family or abundance of food, but the American dream, the idea of that is that there will always be abundance. This is the land of plenty, right? That's what I was wondering. So people that have quote unquote stereotype achieved the American dream, do you think those people, uh, I mean, we included, do you think American dream winners of the award <laughs> that we don't have, but we're going to get, <laughs> um, do you think they feel like everyone has the same, is on the same level playing field? And when they're eating their Thanksgiving meal, they're like, everybody has this opportunity. You know, if they don't, if they're not eating their Thanksgiving meal, that's their choice. Do you think that? I think so. I, I think that there's a tendency to say that whatever whatever our experience is, is the typical, normal, you know, majority experience. Well, I'm going to say something controversial. And I know some people in my life that will not be happy with it. But I personally feel like there's different types of people. Let's just say there's Republicans and there's Democrats. Let's just call them. <laughs> I don't know, know. Pick a word. Pick a word. Pick a word. And Democrats. I personally have been registered Democrat since I was 18 and I could legally register. And the reason why I picked to be a Democrat is because when I looked at the parties, I always looked at the Republicans seem like they were always about themselves and they, they see, you know, America's great. Everyone has the opportunity to do anything they want. If they aren't have, if they haven't achieved what they want, then they're lazy and they haven't been working hard and that's their problem. We're not going to take care of them. And then I saw the Democrats were like, you know what? There are reasons why people are in the positions they are and we aren't here to judge them and we need to make sure everybody has at least the basic needs met. And so for me, when I think uh, when I sit down at Thanksgiving, you know, I do think you know, there is so many countless Americans out there that aren't able to experience this, that A, have no family to be with, you know, may not have the funds to have this kind of meal, may not have a home to experience it. I probably tend to be more negative than I would like, but I, I tend to be think of like the negative. I think like mm. there's so many people that don't have this opportunity. I know, and then I, real, I realize I'm very fortunate to be um, in the position I am, but I do realize like there's so many people out there that are in America and do not have just these basic things that we take mm -hmm. for granted. Yeah. I, I don't think that I can go with you on the broad brush of Republicans and Democrats. I mean, I, I remember 
Um, well, it's that's too simplified. Yeah, I would agree. And nothing is, you know, one or the other. I agree. But in my mind, that's how things tend to be is I tend to look at Republicans as very much them themselves focused and Democrats, not so much. I think politics is a hot mess. Yeah, politics. So is a hot I mess. don't, <laughs> especially as we sit here in Florida, we probably don't even. Don't yeah, even. We don't probably even. have nothing. I really voted. That's all I have to say. I voted. I voted. And our county is blue. Our county voted. Okay, <laughs> look at the specific map for Florida. Don't come after us. We are blue, surrounded by way too much red. Well. I, I I just am remembering a specific experience I had when I was this was you know way back in the day and I was it was Christmas time I was practicing law and I was at that time still um, ardently Republican old Republican yeah old school traditional Republican, Republican. Not, a, not a 2016 yes, forward Republican. there is a difference pre 2016 and um, and the. This wonderful woman who was a paralegal in the office, she decided that we were going to, as an office, we would like buy Christmas presents for a family, which was a great idea, right? And I, and she was a Democrat. And um, I remember her coming to me one day and going, and I gave her money, you know, and she came to me and she's like, I don't, I don't get it. All the Republicans in the office keep giving me money and none of the Democrats want to give me money. And the Democrats are my people. What's wrong with them? And my takeaway from that one experience, a sample size of one, was that although Republicans tend to say things like, you know, social programs are not the answer, it's not that they don't care about people. It's not that they don't know that people are in need. It's like, no, we're going to accomplish this through charitable organizations or through our own giving or through churches or whatever, rather than it, rather than it being the government's job. Okay, but then I push back on that and I say, I could easily see where the Republicans are like, look, I gave money. I'm a good person. I've solved the problem. And then they disregard those people. They, they're doing it as a show to look, here's the money. And that crosses party lines. The people who, oh, I agree. Yeah, no, the I people agree. who give to show money, yes. that, is, that is bipartisan. I, I agree. <laughs> there is no, that, nothing like... Yes. Yeah. There is a lot of issues in both parties. I definitely am not. That's the, that's, I think part of the problem with a two party system is that right. people are too different to have just two parties, just but two, yeah, but yeah, that doesn't super surprise me. Your story though. I think one thing about what I heard growing up and what I continue to believe well into adulthood about this, um, the idea of welfare being a handout and government handouts are bad unless they're going to corporations. Right. I think one, one way that that ties back to the American dream is the idea that it, in order to participate in the American dream, you have to be productive. You have to be a productive member of society mm -hmm. and that your and so your contribution to society is measured by what you produce. I do think that that is part of the American dream and I'm not, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just not sure ultimately how healthy that is to be measured as in terms of your productivity, like a human doing instead of a human being, you know, it's too simplified. I think yeah. because there are so many varying reasons why someone is in the situation they are, especially when disability comes into it. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so ignorant to say to, you know, to have that, that thought process because everybody has their reasons and has a different situation. So, I mean, and that's a mo way more complicated conversation yes. to talk about, you know, welfare and those kind of things and social security, which is a joke, but you know, all of that is like a whole nother 
conversation and I don't want to do any more politics. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but what about that idea though of, of productivity of being measured by what you produce? Do you think that's tied to the American dream? Yeah, I agreed with that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree that, well, that's part of it is work hard. So yeah. I would say work hard is translating into be productive. I, I think you could, you have to justify, um, you know, how you're contributing. I don't mm-hmm. know that every single job I would consider contributing to society oh, right. in a positive way. Right. I mean, you know, maybe the street corner drug, drug dealers would, you know, explain They work that. hard maybe, but. <laughs> well, it's maybe different. Yeah. Um, you know, even. A lot of the politicians, I don't, but I think that <laughs> think they're idea, contributing correctly to society. I think the idea is that if you contribute, if you produce something and you contribute to society, your reward for that is a nice house, two children, a, a savings account, you know, that that's like your reward for it. Are you saying that's the concept? Yeah. I think that's the concept of the I, American yeah, dream. I mean, yeah, I, I guess so. I think that's the idea is if you work hard, you can have these things. If you work hard, you'll make enough money to have these things and you should want these things, which is where right. it gets into, it's a little muddled is I think the stereotype is you should want all of this, yes. which is something I grew up very much butting heads with. Cause I, I was like, I don't, I don't want, cause part of it also, it's not in this definition, but I think part of it is being married also. Mm. And, you know, especially for a woman, a woman being married, having two kids, you know? So like I butt heads with that when I was growing up because I'm like, I don't really want to like settle down and have kids and I want a house, but I want a house. Um, So, you know, I do feel like I have failed at the, at the American dream concept. Um, So I think you have to, I, I know as I've gotten older, I've realized like no one's going to tell me what my dream is. Right. Right. Yeah, I definitely think you're right that marriage is part of it, though, because I don't think that the the dream or this like the two children ideal... are not out of wedlock. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So I, I do think marriage is implied. In it's that, always yeah. a good time when you can say wedlock. Right. <laughs> you probably say that a lot as a pastor. I don't. <laughs> shockingly. You just randomly yeah. say that. I do. I do wonder you. how this how this specific uh, definition and the fact that it includes a house. I do. Cause we talked about the tiny house thing. Like, I wonder how that is changing because when I, you know, when I talk to like my nephews who are in their twenties, it's like, I, what do I need to own a house for? Uh Oh, you know, that's not great. Yeah. They don't and understand fact, why they need to own a house. Well, no. And in fact, for, for, I mean, I, there are people my age who are like, you know, it's really better for me to invest that money and, to not have the not have the debt of a mortgage and not have the responsibility of it. I'm like, but you have to live somewhere, you know? I don't I ju- I don't understand right. that concept. Like owning a house is yes, it's a big deal and but when you buy within your means, I think that's part right. of it is you need to buy within your means and you need to have a plan in a 30 year what is it? 30 year 15 or 30 year mortgage? Yeah. yeah. You should have it paid off before that. Like, don't, it shouldn't be something, in my opinion, you know? (laughs) At a fixed rate, please. Yes. Please get fixed rate mortgages. You know, I grew up with parents that really taught me about money. And so there was no world. I mean, I lived in an apartment in college, a dorm. And then I had an apartment in Orlando for five years. And that made sense for me because I didn't want to stay in Orlando. So there was no need to buy a house. And that made perfect sense. And it was actually a pretty cheap apartment it was nice but it was pretty cheap and um 
And then when I moved back to Tallahassee, I knew I'm buying a house right away. And I did. Yeah. Because it just makes sense. <laughs> right. It does make sense. I, I do think that we have issues probably everywhere, but especially in Florida, especially in Tallahassee, we have issues with housing being affordable, with it yeah. being something that people can afford to buy. Well, and rentals are, are tough these yes. days too, not having enough and, and yeah. then having to have like so much be able to prove so much income yeah. to qualify for the rental. And it is worse in Tallahassee because in in a big part of Tallahassee, a big section of town, the rent is determined by the bedroom, not by the un- not by the apartments because it's student housing. Mm, yeah. So, you know, a 1500 square foot apartment, well, if that has 3 bedrooms, then, you know, it's worth more than a 1500 mm. square foot house probably. Yeah. It's tough. I'm not going to say there's an easy answer to it, and especially if you're struggling financially, you're you probably won't have the money to put a down payment on a house. Right. You know, there is a lot within closing costs that yes you have to go through. So yes. I mean, I get why people rent. Yeah, <laughs> and not for buy sure. for sure. I think the stereotype is buying a house, probably a big house, like out of your means. And I don't think part of the American dream is to understand money and to have it like I think the idea is just spend it when you get it it. spend it like I think there's like the stereotype of doing that the more you have the better you are yeah which is completely opposite the more stuff the more stuff yeah yeah more money but the more stuff and show that you have yeah like and I just feel like my generation is taking this differently and we are living within our means and we are not buying more stuff than we need um I think you look this up what is the generation what age group has the most debt the oldest generation actually has the most credit card debt. I'll put a link to that in the show. Is it seventies or the baby boomers? Basically. Yeah. It was the basically the baby boomers. Yeah. Which goes, which makes total sense with that. Them having that, that original concept of American dream, buy a big house, get all the stuff. And their generation was also the generation of the suburb, right? Their dads came home from world war two and okay. They've got, they've got a family and they want a place to put the family. And so, you know, I know the one in Pennsylvania is called Levittown. I, I don't know what they're called other places, but like this idea of like cookie cutter yeah. houses and suburbs because everybody wanted to own a house. Like and Edward Scissorhand. You I know that know. Neighbor, they neighborhood? They're all like cookie cutter houses. Mm. They leave the house at the same time. <laughs> all of this. Yeah. It's a good Christmas movie. So I feel like we are talking all about this, but something that is not in that definition, that the working definition is freedom, right? You know, when I think of America, I think we're free to... Everyone is free to work hard to make these choices if they want to have a house, big house, if they want to have kids. That's a big part of, I think, is ingrained in the American dream is the freedom to do these things. Because, you know, this is the only country I've ever, I've ever lived in and born here. But I, I think there's a lot of countries that you don't have that freedom. I think you're right. I think that, that we do have freedoms here. And I think that we have had them long enough now that we take them for granted and that makes me sad. But it is interesting that the definition doesn't include freedom at all. In fact, the definition kind of includes things that are the opposite of freedom, you know, like a job, yeah. <laughs> a nice house, which to me, I read that as mortgage, two children, like the, that's, yeah. those are responsibilities. Those are not freedoms. But you have the freedom to choose those things. Yes. And I think as I've gotten older, that's what I've, that's what I've learned is I have the freedom to decide if I want that. Yes. I don't have to have that, but I can choose if I want that. You know, I was wondering if you've ever thought your kids we've talked about are from Russia. They are. Have you ever thought about what their lives would have looked like if they were still in Russia? 
I have. I think about that from time to time, especially around their birthdays, because I tend to think about their birth parents around their birthdays and think, oh, they're probably thinking about them, too. And, you know, what's it like for them? Um, And I the truth is that even though we've been to Russia many times, like I have I don't really have enough information to know. I know that if they had had stayed with their birth families, like I don't I have one idea of what that would look like. But if they had stayed in in the system, so to speak, if, you know, if they had not ever been adopted, then I know that the statistics there are pretty grim mm-hmm. because you get turned out at 16 with no resources and no money and no nothing. You're just basically unhoused at that point. Yeah. And I haven't talked to them about the American dream. I don't know. That would be an interesting conversation. Um, well, they've grown up in a household seeing two parents that have achieved the American dream. Right. So it'd be interesting to get their opinions on what yeah. the dream is. Well, your daughter, we had her on. Yeah. Well, she's got it all figured out. y'all. I know. And she wants to be married. And she, she's going to not have a house. She's going to always live in an apartment until she gets married. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, because when she gets, she doesn't, because I have been trying to tell her that in college, she should rent a house with, mm, uh, with roommates. I no? really should. Oh yeah. Oh, I've been shitting on her like crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, and, mom. yeah, I'm a mom. And, uh, and she, we're in the process of looking, you know, for house for housing for next year. Yeah. And so it's like, well, why don't you do this? You know, find some girls, rent a house. It'll be fun. And she's like, no, I don't want to move into a house until I'm moving in with my husband. Why? I don't know. And I kind of said, odd. I kind of said like, why? And she basically was like, go listen to the podcast. I've got it all figured out. <laughs> well, first of all, I approve of that response. But second of all, that's a weird line in the sand. I don't know. Like <laughs> that you don't want to live in a house because living in a house with, with three people, three girls is going to be real different than with your yes. husband yes. in the house that you choose together and you buy. Right. <laughs> this uh, rental is not going to be maybe as nice as you think. Right. That is an odd concept to me. I, you know who has achieved the American dream now that I think about it is my in-laws. So my okay. husband's parents, right? They are married. They had successful careers. They own a home. They have exactly two children And my father-in-law worked in civil service. He worked for the government his entire career Mm. all the way up Mm. until the day he retired. Mm. And then when he retired, the first thing they did was they took a cruise to Alaska. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, and now they take um, extended road trips. I mean, for many years, in fact, they had like a, a camper, you know, yeah. that they towed and they would travel around mm-hmm. to campgrounds camping because that's what you do in oh, retirement. You're right? right. So that's part of the American dream. I think the stereotype yeah. is that you work for the same company, yeah. you retire from that job, and then you get to really live your life. Yes, I forgot. That is definitely something I would put as part of that stereotype. And that is another part that I have strongly rebelled against. Mm. I remember when I was working for Apple, I remember thinking, why do I have to wait till I'm retired to start living life and experiencing new things? Right. And I was like, you know, I don't want to wait to vacation when I am old. Right. Like, you know, I probably want to slow it down when I'm older. I don't think right. I'm going to be wanting to travel. So I made a conscious decision when I was in my 20s to start vacationing now mm-hmm. and taking those vacations I've always wanted to do. One of the things I always have wanted to do since I was little was go skiing. Yeah. And so I went skiing for the first time, I think in 09. Um, and I loved it. And then I went skiing uh, two more times after that. And actually the last few days I have been planning my next ski trip. Yay. I'm going to say it right now. 
It's going to happen in February. Okay. And I am going to go to Utah. And nice. I believe I'm going to go to Solitude Mountain. Okay. That, that sounds like your kind of mountain. I know, right? Yeah. And it's like claim to fame is that it's like has tons of um, trails, but it's uh, it's pretty secluded. Like mm. there's not a ton of people there compared to all the other like ski yeah. resorts around. And every time I've gone skiing, I've gone to Sugarloaf, Steamboat Springs, something else sugar, and then Solitude. So they all start with S. Oh, okay. And February is, my bir- February is my birthday month. Yeah, yeah. And my name starts with an S. So <laughs> that's kind of how I pick Solitude Mountain, but also Solitude, that's my jam. Yeah. Is it easy to get to? Like, is there an airport and a reasonable It's about 50 distance? minutes away, okay. the airport. Yeah, um, so it looks like it's going to be pretty straightforward. So um, I'm in the very initial planning stages, but I wanted to say it out loud so that yes. I can um, move forward with it and not be like, oh, the everything that you need is just, it's, it's a high price. But uh, for me, if I absolutely love skiing and just the gliding down a mountain, there's nothing else like it. Mm. The closest is kayaking which is why I love that I can kayak here in, um, in Florida. But um, yeah, so that's for me something that I made a conscious decision um, in my 20s was I'm not going to wait. I'm going to live now. I'm going to work and live now. Right. And when I retire, I don't know, actually, that's also something that, I mean, I don't have a traditional job at all. Right, right. <laughs> and um, I... I don't know if I will ever fully retire in mm-hmm. any like way. Um, so do you, are, when are you retiring? I am going to retire when I'm 54. Oh, oh you, you haven't decided. You figured it yes, out. Yes, because okay. our plan is, is that, that next week. Uh, hey, I'm not even 50 yet. <laughs> because um, our, we, when we did our financial plan, it was, mm. you know, you have to pick a day. And, mm. and so it was, okay, we're going to retire when... My husband is 55 and I'm a year younger than him. So what day are you going to die? Did they figure that out? Too? I haven't picked that yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I think that we you're... ran the tables out so that we could live until 99 or a hundred. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I'll come to your birthday. So is that when you're going to start living life and vacationing when you are 54? No, we like to travel now. I knew and, that about you. Yeah. <laughs> you guys take big old trips. We take big trips. Epic trips. And... We have some ideas for next year's trips. So yeah. I don't so I don't know what retirement will look like. And yeah. in fact, I mean we we actually talk about it pretty often, especially for my husband. I mean, he the work that he does is not physically taxing. He writes computer software. So he's even said, like, okay, well, if I retire, what will I do then? And really it's just I think for him, retirement will just be accessing another like level or layer of freedom because right now he is responsible to clients who pay him, you know? And so he needs to be available and the systems that he creates need to be online. And so he's, you know, got to manage all of that. Whereas in retirement, he really will have the freedom to do what he wants to do when he wants to do it. And so maybe we'll be able to take longer trips. How does he manage the systems when he is on vacation? Because he's the only one that works. I mean, he's self-employed. Well, it's all web-based. So Oh, so he can he does yeah. do a little bit when you're on yeah, vacation. But okay. for example, one year, this is years ago, the kids were little and we went to Chattanooga for a week and something went wrong with one of the systems. And the kids and I went and explored Chattanooga and he sat in the hotel and had to fix it. Mm-hmm. And it took a couple of days. Yeah. You know? Uh or the year that we took the kids to London, he had an internet connectivity issue with his Comcast line. 
And it was like, okay, well, you stay here and work on that. We're going out to see the city. And so he has missed out on things from time to time. Or he'll... Well, we'll try to plan it so that what the way the time zones work is that we can go do stuff during the day. And then while we're sleeping, he works. You know, he's he's he has made sacrifices in that way so that we can travel. So that actually sounds very different than like the 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 stereotype American dream we're talking about. But to me, it almost sounds like the new American dream is to have a job where you can start to vacation and explore life now. But that if there is an issue, you can, you know, be in the hotel room and right. work on it and you can work remotely, which right. I would think is very much into the yes. new American dream. Yes. Thank you, COVID. Right. That I think Americans are fully seeing the value of remote jobs. We've talked about the stereotype of the American dream, but Beth, what is your American dream? You know what? I think I'm going to let you go first. Steph, what's your American dream? And then if it's really good, I'll just borrow it. well you know actually i think that was great and i'm going to keep that in because i think that's very american to (laughs) not have an answer and wait to hear someone else's and then say the other person's like you came up with it and make it your own yes that's very american um and also like the grass is always greener on the other side i'm gonna need to know your dream before i can fully define because i don't want you to judge my dream so i want (laughs) to hear what yours is so i can make sure mine's in line with it yeah i'm with you i'm with you we're very american right now very american right now so my american dream is definitely will would definitely take some parts from the stereotype but i think that's that is part of the dream is to make it your own um, so for me, my dream has always been to be able to have enough money to live and to f- live comfortably. And uh, also, like I said, is to be able to vacation and experience life. And I'm not a huge traveler. Um, so like I'm more a homebody, but, um, you know, like skiing, that's something that I am willing to get on a plane for. And not a lot of things am I mm-hmm. <laughs> willing to do that for. <laughs> And also being able to have a job where I feel like I'm contributing to society, but I feel valued and I feel like um, I have control over it. And a big part of my American dream is to put my mental health in the forefront. Like Mm. that is a huge piece for everything I do in my life is to make sure that I'm mentally healthy and um, something that I feel like as a society, we don't necessarily do a great job at. I do think that the, it's getting part of the conversation um, more in, within my generation. But um, that's part of my dream is to always know that my mental health is as important as my physical health. Yeah, a lot of that really resonates with me. You know, having control over your schedule, having the flexibility to travel, but also being uh, in some way add value and to contribute. Yeah, in some way contributing to society, all of that resonates with me. Um, I think, I think the part of my dreams for myself or for my family that, that are specifically American, I think we are at this time where I worry that what it means to be an American is changing in ways that are not good. And I think there are things that we need to reckon with, uh, you know, about being an American that have been glossed over in ways that aren't healthy. But I, I mean, I do hope that we continue to have freedom. I do hope that we continue to have, I don't know how how else to say other than freedom from tyranny. Like I don't, I don't want a small group of people deciding what life is going to be like for everybody else. You know, I really believe in the idea of democracy uh, and hope that we can continue to 
achieve that in a way that makes this American dream, which I think what, what we've said today is like the American dream can be different for each person, right? That, that in some way there's something about the way we exist as Americans that makes it possible for more and more people to have a dream and to make that dream a reality. Well, slice of life is what we call this section. And you know what I just thought of? What? Did you have a slice of pie yesterday? I for sure did. I had (laughs) at least a slice of pumpkin pie. Mm. Let's be honest. I had two. (laughs) Is that your favorite pie? Yes. Pumpkin pie is my favorite pie. And I only will have it between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. I think pumpkin's probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like whipped cream on it? No. I don't like whipped cream. Oh, I like whipped cream. Yeah. But I have a family member who likes pumpkin pie with butter on it. No. And I'm like, no, no. Whipped cream. What? Whipped cream is the way to go. <laughs> There's butter in the pie. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, well, gosh. I mean, you know, more butter is probably never a bad idea. It's also probably never a good idea. But yeah. So I have a family member who likes pumpkin pie with butter. Okay. Well, that's not me. Just plain old pumpkin <laughs> pie. That's that would. Uh, I also like other pies, too. Do you? Yeah. I like other pies. But if there was like a choice, I'd probably go with pumpkin. But I would also put like if there was like five different pies, I would try them all. Um, but I did want to say, um, you know, because it was Thanksgiving yesterday, I'm thankful for you, Beth. Wow. Yes. Thanks for saying that. I'm thankful for you too. And I'm, thank you. I'm thankful we have this podcast and I just like, you know, I was just, I could not have imagined we'd still be going at it. <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, who knew we'd get like, know. you know, three and a half years in and still be like, yeah, yeah we got more yeah, ideas. Let's do it. Um, and I do want to also say I'm thankful for something that in a past episode I made fun of. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. And we both made fun of. Um, I make fun of so many things. I know. This could be a very, like, this could be almost anything. So about a month ago, my doctor suggested that I start doing yoga because yeah. I had a weird pain in my leg. And she said I might have a pinched nerve. And so I was like, oh, I've heard of this yoga thing. I'm going <laughs> to just try it. And Apple has a program called Fitness Plus, which it's professionally produced um, exercise videos and it's really well done. It's like a $10 a month to subscribe to it. And I was like, I'll do it for a month. And I started doing the yoga on there and I love it. Oh, good. Oh my gosh. Molly is my favorite trainer. So if you do Fitness Plus, <laughs> Molly, hey, I follow her on Instagram now. She's the older instructor and she's okay. like epic. I love her. Um, but it's just so cool and chill and easy. Like just like it's just well it's easy to like do it to yeah. you just i actually do it with the apple tv um and then it connects to my watch and then mm. it all works and actually i was i do it every other day but today you wanted to do this 30 minutes later and i was like wait i'm just gonna do a yoga because oh, i didn't nice. get to go walking today because it's a hurricane right now yeah <laughs> yeah um but uh we're si- we're safe inside or Florida. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so um, I did it right before and I just like, it just chills me out. Nice. And I, like that. I love it because it, by doing it, it helps me keep my body nice and flexible right. so that I can do all the other things I want to do. So then it will, then I can do more kayaking and I've also been getting into biking and, and then when I go skiing. So I'm like, that's kind of how I'm looking at yoga. Is it like, it like de-stresses me and it helps me stay flexible to do all the activities I want to do. Love that. Yeah. I love that. For a second, I thought you were going to say that you had decided to do goat yoga. Oh, I want to do that. Yeah. But I think maybe that's what we made fun of. I think it's, yeah, I want to do it now though. I think it it sounds silly and it's, I think it's more like. It sounds dirty. I know. Goats sound dirty to me. Well, I I think for sure you'll get pooped on. Like, how do you not 
How do they control that? You assumed that and you still want to do it. I think it would be so silly. Like, I don't know. There's a place that I found that does it and I really want to go just because I think it'll just be hilarious. And now that I do yoga, I at least know some of the moves and wouldn't feel like completely yeah. out there. Um, I don't know all the names, but they say them at least. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, okay. At the Indie Beach episode, we end with questions for reflection. These are questions based on today's show that Beth will read and live a little pause between for you to answer to yourself, or you can find a PDF on our website. Number one, do you have any Black Friday rituals? Number two, has your concept of the American dream changed as you've gotten older? Number three, do you have dreams of retiring one day? What does that look like for you? And number four, what is your American dream? This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Thank you for joining us. Oh.